You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Hello and welcome back to another edition of The Elevator's Cut. I am one of your hosts, Roger Gaddis. And I am your other host, Jason Wheeler. And Jason, here we find ourselves. It's Sunday night at 6.59 p.m. Why are we recording a podcast at that point in time? Because obviously the zeitgeist at that point in time is, at this point in time, (laughs) is this and that. This that is uh is opening calls. We we have to be up to date on our opening calls, or obviously you are not permitted to trade when the markets open at 7 p.m. Is that correct? Central. Is that right, Roger? Probably. <laughs> you got your series three. Come on, you got to know this stuff. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so how much of the broker. series three? How recently since you took the series three test? That's the broker feature. Like eight years ago. Yeah. It was it's cool. More it's more obviously than I it's not relevant anymore, is all now, I know. What percentage of that is about opening calls and how to read them? If memory serves, it was about zero. Okay. <laughs> oh man. So uh, we've talked before on this podcast about. Uh, today, to, the should we address today's episode is on the mysteries of the grain business. Some and, of them, and yeah. some other stuff too. <clears throat> but anyways, it's been a minute or two since we've done a podcast, so we figured let let's throw some stuff down uh, while we happen to be in the same room, which is actually just for today. But anyways, back back to opening calls. I, I've always pitied. We say on here how much we we have pitied people who have to write uh, like market recaps. Right, the, your daily market commentary. So they have to go back and okay, the market did this. Okay, well, why do you think it did? Like we already know this happened. Let's talk about news stories from the day. Let's throw a joke in there. Maybe it's appropriate. Maybe it's not. But you know, that's it, it's it's a tough way to uh, to to earn a paycheck. But opening calls. <laughs> It's, I mean, you have to pre-explain, pre-explain, yes, something that might happen, <laughs> might not, and immediately in a, in a blink of an eye, immediately get over. slam dunked on. You got to right after, right? The, I don't understand, and maybe someone listening can can fill me in. I'm not very bright. I, I, I need some help sometimes. Most times, what are you supposed to do with this information? What do you do with it? Do you like know how close you need to be to the mouse button to hit buy or sell once the market opens if you read it? Or what? What's what's going on here? What good it's like, does it do? I, I can't check what the markets are doing yet because they're not open. But I can go look at an opening call for what someone thinks might happen when they do open. Well, you can get a good look at a price by sticking your head up an opening call's ass. <laughs> Uh, but I'd rather take the broker's word for it. Yeah, uh, he probably got a series three. Uh, so the, it's just, it's, it's a brutal thing, but, but uh, you were saying when we were talking about this, we, we really wanted to get into the science behind it. Like how do, how does one formulate this? And I think, 
I think as as people who've never done it and actually haven't really read many of them, I'll be honest with you. I've read people talk about how upset they or happy <laughs> they are with the opening calls that they've read. So it's like uh, those YouTube reaction videos. That's pretty much what I my experience with opening calls. I don't, I don't uh, get into, but but I guess you go obviously the bids and offers. It's all electronic now. We can see all the bids and offers. So I'm assuming they just go look at those and say, "Hey, it looks uh, sharply unchanged or whatever." Uh, you know, but three to five cents lower. But why? That is the question because obviously in in green business. It's not good enough to see a price and it moving. We need to know why it did so that we can, I don't know what, insert question mark here. I don't know why. We need to know why, but we feel we need to know why. But it's like we just don't accept things at face value for yeah. whatever reason. And then we, we pick out the bad guy, which, you know, right now everybody hates USDA. It's fine. It's the government. Everybody hates the government anyway. hey so it's just one of those deals where it doesn't, what good does this do? And I hope that people don't put a lot of time into this, these things, because I don't, what's the, what's the reward? Listen, Roger, if people didn't care about these, they wouldn't exist. People That's not care. true. <laughs> no. Tell me more. Well, the care and paid for are not the same thing. <laughs> but anyways, the, so the idea behind it is that I'm explaining ways why something. So the market commentary is like, okay, this happened because of this. And so next time when this sort of thing happens, when there's another Russian grain embargo, we can talk about what it might do and why it could have done the opposite thing <laughs> next time if it would have happened in a different way. <laughs> but you can imagine that. Okay. Right? So right now. <clears throat> We have extreme difficulty as a species of explaining why things are happening in the present moment in, a, in, in real time. Take the grain market. We have a really tough time explaining. And I'm drawing all of my conclusions from Magluter, so take it for what it's worth. While the market's trading, we have a very hard time explaining why it's doing what it's doing. This is taking it a step further and saying, not only are we going to explain it, we're going to do it before it's even trading. Nothing's happening, and we're going to explain that nothing is happening until it does. But some things happened over the weekend, and you probably weren't paying attention. But lucky for you, I've been reading headlines. And I'll let you know about it before the market tells you how it's going to interpret it. And that's the other thing is, all right, we found out over the weekend some... Okay, it all goes down to supply and demand, ultimately, right? <laughs> all these commentaries, everything is like... Oh, is this Milton Friedman over here? <laughs> all these commentaries are like this thing happened and uh, we might not make as much of corn units however we measure those k's something tw's anyways so we'll we'll we we're, we might not make as much so prices should go up unless we already thought we weren't going to make as much but it's not as less as we thought it was going to be then the prices will go up you see, because people had already thought that maybe it was going to be lower. Now it'll be higher. I don't do what I want to do, but I do what I don't want to do. It's the doo-doos. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. Ultimately, <laughs> there we go. And that's what we settled on. So that's, that's commentaries and opening calls. But you look at the look at the other the other side of the coin here, so to speak, is closing commentaries. And if you're on 
ag Twitter any amount of time, and I'm sure Facebook got their own versions of it too. Folks will put out, <laughs> folks <Wait>. will put out <laughs> closing comments, closing commentaries, which is just a synopsis of what happened today. Yeah. Maybe slightly more useful. I don't know. But if you look, when a lot of these folks on there that post videos of, of close, they video themselves doing closing comments, they look very unhappy that they had to do this. Look, task. It's been a long look, They want you to know, boy, it's been a long day. <laughs> I've been working hard. It was it. Um, I, I, uh, I the, just wrote this commentary in the last two seconds. It's the whole uh, George Costanza. Uh, philosophy of if you just look really frustrated when somebody walks by they think you're working really hard you know and then so, so every time somebody comes by every time you record a commentary you know look like i'm in a hostage video it's like god this it's, guy is like those stock photos on the evening news of when the stock market's down a big day and it was got a guy with his fate hand on his face or like you know, he was probably doing something different but the picture caught him or it looks like he's just you know lost his children's fortune or whatever that guy, I feel sorry for that guy. He did hard things today. Nope, he probably did wrong things today. Yes, but ultimately, ultimately, with all these commentaries, opening commentaries, closing market commentaries, which... There's midday commentaries. Did you know that? In the middle of the day. It used to come on ticker tapes in the offices. Ultimately, when you write this stuff, the the hack, the hack, the, the life hack, not the people that are doing them are hacks, which maybe, but the life hack behind it is to be bullish. That way, this even if true. you're wrong, you're not wrong. Everybody's mad at the market. The for market's reasons. wrong. The market was it's wrong. It's not you. You obviously put together a great list of reasons why it has to be that way. And then the market. And they were reasons it. for it to go higher. Yes. and the So you're not wrong. The market's wrong. That's right. The market didn't do it. So tomorrow, I'm going to do my same thing. Try to be bullish. The market better agree with me. If it doesn't, it's on it. It's wrong again. Mama's wrong again. That's right. Just always be bullish. Now, if you're say the market goes down, it might go down or so you're calling for it to be down or whatever they say. Then you better be selling your newsletter to the people that buy grain. <laughs> if you say it's going to go down and it goes up, by God, I mean, you, what an idiot! Let's po let's let's drag this guy on the internet. This is he's the worst. But no, anyway, that's my side comment there. I think that that pretty well sums it up. Good, I'm glad the, the key is the, so the, the mystery has been unlocked. This is me unlocking a lock. This is a podcast. I they can see that. But all right. So the unlocking is. Opening calls, you got to do them before the market opens every day. Try to be bullish. Is that it? Is those three? Is that the? And do it pretty close to when the market opens so that there's not a long amount of time for people to be. You can't listen to the whole thing it. before it's done. And then they're like, ah, oh, the market's already open. I don't need it. But he started off by saying higher. Yeah. Sharply. Okay. Sharply. Yeah. The, that was the other thing is we have a severe, I would call it a dire need for the Sauruses, the Sori in the grain business. We are terrible with, with adjectives and, and, and adverbs in this business when we write up stuff. Everything is sharply or turmoil, sharply mm. turmoil. <laughs> 
That's right. I mean, that's that's. I, all I don't it know. Is. You're the one who reads all these things. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. This is a difference. Okay. <laughs> well, nothing means anything anymore, so it's it's fine. You know, it's whatever you want it to mean. So, what other mysteries of the grain business do I think? I think we've 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 pissed got, off enough people. We've got probably. that one. Good. Uh, I I do want to know. Okay. <clears throat> why and we discussed this a little bit earlier too it's not just an ag thing it's pretty common throughout america but we're americans right you yes. and i no maybe no one listening but we are and we use the imperial system for measurement inches foots yardage we use those those are what we use why then my good sir fellow citizen when we denote thousands of bushels on contracts or talking to someone, we use the letter K, which is K for kilo, which That's is thousands drug. of drugs. That's what the drug people do. <clears throat> Why do we do that in this business? Answer me, please. Well, you cannot take the fifth. When you think of drugs, you think of organized crime. Yes. Crime syndicates. Mafias. And grain mafias. That's all I need to know. All right. Next. Shock that one up. Check that out. Little 80K. <laughs> so speaking of grain mafia, there, there is, is at least one of the major grain companies in the world out there that uses for an abbreviation of the word contract, which is spelled C-O-N-T. R-A-C-T, contract. Their abbreviation is C-A-K. Explain. Can you pre-explain that to me? I cannot. The, I have heard it goes back to the days when, uh, you know, all the information, like you alluded to earlier, was on ticker tape, and you had to pay by the character. Yeah. I still don't understand C-A-K. Yeah, you could, you could use, like, letters that are all in the word. C and T? Yeah, C T T. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, con C O N. It's CAC. a con, but we've landed on CAC, or CAC has landed on us. Even if it was C A C, that one might make sense. There's not even a K in the word it's, contract. It's like it's like May. Now, from Arkansas, I grew up. I thought there was a K in contract for a long time. Yeah, but yeah. I, you just then I graduated high school and learned better. Yeah, you just assume when you're from Arkansas and you see stuff like that, you just assume you've been spelling it wrong the whole time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Track. Saying it right, spelling it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> saying it right can be. But yeah, so so CAC, because maybe um, cake and, you know, so it gets a positive connotation. You're like, you know, is it somebody's birthday today? I don't know. They're talking about a business transaction. <laughs> Oh, oh, we were using the wrong enunciation of A. It's cake, not cack. Yeah. Okay. Right. I can buy that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they say cack, but when you look at it, it looks almost like cake, you know? We're having a good time. Who doesn't like cake? Not not, not this guy. All right. So, so th there you go. So when you have your contracts with that specific company, a little more exciting. <laughs> it's branding or something they're thought leaders when it comes to this uh, why doesn't test weight matter 
That's a great mystery. Birding mystery. Answer, please. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, maybe with the you could use it when your Department of Transportation pulls you over. <laughs> Wait a second, you got. You, let me tell you here. something, Mister Officer you didn't even Man. Probe out, buddy. <laughs> hey, I feel like you did, but you didn't. You don't know how much it weighs. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a handful of that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to look at it. This is good. This is, I mean, we should have. We, so recently, Roger and I were on a, a another podcast for. Um, on a, a, Bulk loads. Yeah. For, Jared, for a guy Flynn. that does. Yeah. We should have shared that with us as a loophole for when you get pulled over. Not well, we got to interview in nah, that still. Yeah, so that's good. Um, glad we came up I knew a guy way. named Strawberry. He knew about test weights. If Bryce L. Nicky's listening, he also knows about Strawberry test weights. That's what we're going to get him on the on the show, and and we need to we need all the best trucker nicknames. We honestly, if folks listening, I've heard some amazing yes. ones over the years from all sorts there, of. There was one recently, it blew me away. It was really good, but I can't think of it offhand. But anyways, you guys tweet at us or DM us, please, all your best uh, trucker uh, nicknames. And when we get him on the show, we're going to we're going to see what's the like the challenge where you you try not to laugh or whatever. Family feud. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So anyways, so those are some good mysteries we've delved into today. I hope this is entertaining for everyone. I Uh, hope it's informative. Roger Roger and I getting back in the saddle here and uh, we're having a good time. So, but next it's, it's hot. It's late in the year, crop year. (laughs) And, you know, and anywho, we're, we're coming up on, on harvest. We're trying to get rid of all the crop harvest. We thought we might do a little bit of merchandising stuff at the end <clears throat> to only reward people. So are a lot of elevators. Hey-oh. Yeah. Uh, so are so we out of corn? The government says we have some, but Twitter says we don't. Who's the, right? The market says we're inverted into oblivion. Basis says hot like fire. The version's gone. Set decent is flat. It's a new day. New day is dawned. Well, that's true. Yeah, Sep's nearby. <clears throat> this is must be Sunday night in August. Uh, so, anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Sunday night. <laughs> tip your hand. But, anyway. The, shoot your shot. No, I was just I was just in uh, in Illinois. We did a meeting of elevator guys, like 30-something guys, uh, in <clears throat> kind of like the Illinois-Indiana border area, kind of north. And... Those guys are still trying to get rid of May delivery contracts. They're trying to sort through it all. So they, you're they, telling me that they've accepted the fact that they're going to go into harvest without getting empty. So you're telling me that the place in the entire U.S. where the corn is still at in August from last year is the corn belt. Is that what you're saying? Yes, the belt of it. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And contrary to popular belief, they have a pretty good crop coming at them. Now, you know, it's like it's become funny in some ways in these good production areas, right? 
they they always want if it's not going to be the best crop they've ever seen they have there's obviously reasons why you know that everything wasn't ideal so they Tip really back. they really harp on that but we we get them so what we do in our meetings is when they come in several different everybody knows where everybody's from we put them up there and you know uh say so what's your crop condition as a percent of normal if if 100 percent is a no, normal average crop for you are you 105 percent? are you 92 percent? you know whatever so still a good good crop if you're 100 percent, right and that that's an average crop for you and yeah the averages the average of the group was like 105 percent of normal so better than average crop coming at you but the whole thing was like man we just got real dry there at the you know and everything but instead of that one county in iowa there was that one day in july <laughs> so we really took the top end out it, actually it wasn't anybody in those meetings but some of the people i'd seen around there are like we really lost the top end and this thing is all a lot and i'm well, like they should go see right. kansas they lost the top middle and bottom Good end it's night it's unreal. You get this. You don't have to go too far. West Southwest of KC. Missouri, they're chopping stuff right it's now. It's a I mean, disaster. That's bad. Anywhere pretty well south of I-40, I think, across the mm -hmm. countries. If it wasn't under irrigation. And even then, it's hit or miss. Yeah. Georgia's had some good yields so far, you know, and for their markets. So, but uh, yeah, we'll see what the rest of the stuff ends up rolling out here in the next couple months. Anyway, so while... A lot of those guys can't get their contracts dumped from months ago. And they're the contracts are fine, they're like the basis-wise, because we've rolled into inverses and they adjust them by that. So your basis keeps getting stronger versus the next month and, and all that. But um, the, pr the problem is, uh, <clears throat> well, one, they're not going to get, get done. But two, these places that can't take their grain – can't physically dump them. They're closing, you know, early and all this stuff every week. They, um, they're raising their bids. Unbelievable. This has got to be ethanol. Yeah, uh, they're the worst so for that. I did. I there's a guy in Illinois. They were paying two dollars and twenty five cents over. They were making them offers, but you know, it's not like when it gets crazy high like this transition time like. No, it, it takes wild swings. And so you can't really plan on basis is not as predictable. It's not predictable it's not not at all. Yeah. In, into there. So <clears throat> you take these wild swings, you think, well, crap, you know, if I, I should have just held everything till now, sold 225 over. Well, they don't want, you know, millions, three million bushels. bushels. They can't take what they've already contracted from two months ago. They want 30 truckloads over yeah. three months. <laughs> they, they want small amounts and, and and most of them's quick ship bids, you know, you got to do it, you got to do it fast. So if you if you held a huge amount of, of bushel, so the tendency is to think like whatever the high is, I should have sold it. Which if you think about that, like everybody knows, like that's stupid. Whether you're whether you're a farmer, whether you're a basis trader, whether you're you know trying to move your spreads up, like I can't. That's silly to base my business off trying to get the high. I just need to get something good. And if you can go through that reasoning you know, you can get there. But the the whole thing with these crazy numbers in this inverted years transition, you see these big basis numbers. One, if you make it versus like an earlier month, you know, and take the spread out of it, 
it's not as crazy high as it seems, but it, it, like in this case, it is legitimately higher than mm-hmm. you could have sold in March versus March or whatever. But you can't. These guys sell are trying to deliver them. May stuff now. Yeah. So how would you how would you carry yeah. everything till now and get yeah, it delivered like before harvest? You got a you got five million <laughs> bushels of corn, say that you have. Well, you can deliver seven hundred thousand a month, and this is a two week bid. You know, right? So. I mean, are you kicking yourself because you sold three million bushels earlier and only made eighty-two cents on them and could have made a dollar and five cents? You know, like what are we? It's a bell curve, so you know this is that this is the 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 tail on it, the the right hand tail, mm-hmm. high basis, low bushels. So like at the beginning of of the curve, you've got low basis and and low bushels. You know, as a merchandiser, you know yeah. you you have to make. Probably some sales early on, not very, not much margin in it. If you do it in a spot just to keep space going. And then at the tail end, whatever you've got left that you're sweeping out, you know, you're going to get paid very handsomely on. But, you know, you average those two out and you're magically back in that bell curve. The other thing is, and I'm going to say this very quietly because I don't want everyone to hear this, but neighbors here. These guys that can't get their contracts delivered from two, three months ago at, from commercial places and they get called every day and they get told how many slots they get that day. And, you know, you get 10 loads a day or whatever it is. Maybe you get 20 loads today. All right. Well, great. I'm going to take those 20 loads. So every they they plan them out and, and uh, to try to keep the lines down and, and all that stuff. So not every buyer does this, but but some so you get this many less day because you got all this contracted stuff. And you're like, great, how am I ever going to get caught up? You know, well, so they they give them the thing, but then when a farmer decides, you know what, I'm going to empty out this bin. I want to take it in today. Spot loads. How how does he get? Well, how many loads you got? We'll take all you got. And then they call you back and they say, hey, we can't get all 20 loads in today. I mean, and that's, I mean. And that's when you, as the elevator, go to one of your better farm customers and sell under his name to get in there and get dumped. Yeah, but you got to fill out your contract that you're still trying to get through. So, you know, the other thing is availability of trucks has been a big issue, uh, Two on top of this. So, so you get your times where there's big long lines and they're shutting down early and you you get behind, but you can catch back up because times when there's lulls, like the market drops a bunch or planning. whatever, and planning, you can go and just hire out a bunch of trucks and, and catch up. You're not able to do that. It's August. So it's August right now. Well, yeah, but throughout <laughs> the year, they've not been able to there's right extra right. trucks to go get. And uh, they'll haul anything but grain, it seems like. there's. there's it's like, it, it's like anything else, you've got to pay more, right? Yeah. But th- when we, talk, we talked about that, like, what precedent does that set, though? You know, then. then you know, the, the, I understand the, the fear and the precedent thing. But, you know, we went through the high fuel, was it 08? And diesel got up so high again, or, you know, 12, whatever it was. Surcharges came into effect. And when the price went down, they went away so i don't know the precedent well it can but i you know well i i think for one you've got your maybe you've got 20 trucks that that you've got that are hauling for you good but you really need to go get 35 to get caught up so you got to go get 15 more you got to pay them more what about your 20 trucks now 
now you might have to pay them that, that you give them bathroom seat. privileges and you're right <laughs> but that's like truckers talk you know so anyway, no a little bit <laughs> so um so anyways that's a that's a struggle that that they're dealing with but also i mean you got to be dynamic in years like this and, and renegotiate contracts even if they're a good number say look man you're not you're not taking what i can get you or so where can we maybe if else? it's not possible to renegotiate to make sure what you went through this year you've you address in contracts going forward the best that you can because mm-hmm. the best time to have something like that worked into yeah. a contract is before it becomes an issue not when it's an issue whether it's locking in discount schedules or how many loads per week or if they'll pay you storage for, you know, however much they don't take of yours after the due date. All the, yeah, everything's negotiable. Yeah. That's been an interesting thing this year because <laughs> there were times where, um, and, and, and some of these guys in this meeting, they do, they're paying them. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're raising their, you can call it storage or whatever. Demerge but it's, it's, for yeah, space, it's essentially. going up. Their basis is going up the longer they can, they wait to get in. Um, on all this, but it's funny earlier this year in, uh, June, uh, Decatur, uh, Illinois or ADM, they, they have in their contracts, they can work it the other way too. If you don't deliver it in time, you owe us, mm-hmm. you know, turn about fair play. You yeah. Do that. You, and so they're coming back. They were hitting people. We did a meeting on June 1st where guys were getting calls during the thing. Cause they were like 15 loads short on their stuff. And now it's June 1st we're assessing you 15 cent fees and all this stuff. Oh, wow. For being late. So um, it's funny that's happened in the same year. Yeah. Both like sides. That, but Trading both sides of the curve is what they call it. So uh, anyways, people need corn. So that's a good thing. If you're in the business, absolutely. Where you either grow corn or handle corn, like people want it. So you should be, it's a good thing overall. Ag is in, buddy. It always has been. I mean, always people, will be. People got to eat. So, uh, well, I'm glad we've solved these these uh, mysteries. We didn't. We weren't able to uh, get Robert Stack in here today as we'd hoped because we found out he's dead. But you know, we did solve these without him. Yes. So you can take your trench coat back home, old buddy. Yeah. All right. Well, but yeah, we've we've uh, piled enough into this episode. I'm sure. By We're now, pretty well done. Everybody's here. exhausted. So we'll we'll hope to be back again soon. Maybe not take as long a hiatus next time, but you you just you, you never know. know with hiatuses. You never know. <laughs> as always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. For Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevator's Cut. Oh!